covenant he makes is that is a covenant he makes is and i will be concentrating on joshua chapter 24 but we will also be working our way systematically through the bible in addressing the, the theme of what a covenant means to you and i this morning before we go any further let's just bow our heads and say a word of prayer before we open god's word once again dear heavenly father i pray that the meditation of our hearts be acceptable as worship in your sight this morning bless whatever will be said whatever will be read from your word and the thoughts dear heavenly father towards your glorious place i pray will be acceptable as worship to you our aim and our purpose this morning is to lift you up and to glorify you so that all men are drawn unto you these mercies we pray in jesus name amen this morning i am starting from the book of second corinthians chapter four second corinthians chapter four and i'll be reading verses eight to ten it's a very well-known passage it's been preached about many times on this platform during this time um however it will not be our main focus as i said it will be used as an introduction to get us where we need to be and i would like to share my thoughts with you this morning so that's second corinthians chapter 4 from verses 8 to 10 if you are there and you have your bible with you i will be reading from the niv and i'm reading in your hearing it reads we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed verse 10 we also carry around in our body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be revealed in our bodies paul in his letter to the church at corinth was one of encouragement as the community was experiencing some hardships and difficulties now we are not strangers to the trials and tribulations of life and in these pandemic circumstances we all have experienced some kind of hardship or has someone close to us feeling the effects on our lives caused by this attack i call it an attack because our very essence as human beings as christians as followers of christ as children of the creator we are considered by the enemy satan who uses these events whether we are currently undergoing trying times or we have traumatic episodes in our past to deviate us from our purpose now our walk with god or our spiritual experience is not always necessarily bad or identified with with sorrow and hardship we might be at the crossroads because we are taking stock of our lives our relationships our spirituality we're contemplating a career change developments in our lives that we are currently not understanding navigating and negotiating the patterns of parenthood can be a different kind of challenge as well i would like to echo the words of paul where he says we are hard pressed not crushed 
perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, not destroyed. In Isaiah 54 and verse 17, talks about a weapon, no weapon forged against us will prevail. However, this means that we will experience the forming of the weapon, which means your challenges will come our way. The devil will have stumbling blocks set up for us, but the verse continues where it says that the weapon that is formed will not prevail against us, which means we will overcome those things. Philippians 1 and verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, which means it's not just for an experience. The completion of the good work that the Lord is currently busy with you and I means that the God will complete it until the day he comes, which means his presence is with us daily. What has this to do with our theme entitled or discourse this morning, a covenant he makes is? My confidence in making these statements is not only in reading, in the reading of God's word, but also in my experiencing God's word in my life. Now, there are many aspects that God has been moving in my life. And the trials and the tribulations that has come and the celebrations that has been there as well. The one constant in my life was that Christ was always there. And looking back on the short life I've lived on this earth, because I'm still young, means, and what I see is that God is there. As the saying goes, hindsight is the best sight. So what's happening now with me is that I can actually identify where God has moved, where he has been, and I can see him. I can observe the areas in his life. The same way when I read Joshua chapter 24, I see Joshua taking stock of his life. He's looking back at what has happened and looking forward for the people that he's been appointed to lead. Now what's happening is Joshua in chapter 24, from verse 1 to 14, starts with an historical account of how the Lord led them from the time of Abraham to currently where they find themselves. The Lord pointed out all the experiences they had and how he led, guided, protected, and provided for them. These are all the experiences Joshua recollects as he looks back on their lives and he points out where God has led them. He also points out where the people has disappointed God and he points out currently where they find themselves in the current land and culture that which they have adopted in a worshiping false gods. What is your experience today with your maker, with your king, with God? What does these events still have to do with the theme of a covenant. To get there, we need to identify what a covenant actually is. A covenant is defined, according to the Oxford Dictionary, a formal agreement that is legally binding, or simply put, a promise. 
Now the words formal agreement and legally binding shouldn't really have a place in our spiritual lives. I beg to differ. Obeying God's law is a formal instruction that we are following. It's a leading, it's a legal binding contract, verbally though it might be, that we embedded in saying that we are Christians, we will follow, we will comply. The definition leads to the implication that the parties involved in the, con in the covenant has a willingness and trust of a common beneficiary relationship. Words associated with such an understanding would be acceptance, openness, willingness, agreement, and faithful. Covenant according to the Bible is explained a little different. The Bible deals with it in two different or two separate uh, issues or titles or themes. Simply put, the covenant is dealt with as a conditional covenant or an unconditional covenant. A conditional covenant represents a relationship between a king and his subjects with absolute sovereignty, demand of loyalty and service. A pledge of protection is made to the subject on the condition of their faithfulness. Participants in such a conditional covenant would then have a relationship where they call each other Lord and servant or father and son. The unconditional covenant, however, represents the benefits or a gift granted for a faithful or exceptional service rendered, which is unconditional to the recipient of such a gift or beneficiary, and also the recipient's descendants or the heirs becomes then automatic beneficiaries as well of such a covenant. Now getting to the examples of a covenant or these promises, Genesis chapter nine and verse nine speaks of or mentions probably the most well-known covenant of all, which is the covenant or promise that the Lord made to Moses when he said that he will flood the earth with water no more. And then he gave us a sign which we can witness until today, the rainbow in the sky when it's raining or after uh, the rainfall has, has come down. That is what, that is how the Lord conducts himself in terms of a covenant as well. He gives a sign sometimes and we can witness it up until today, that covenant that made, that the Lord made to Moses. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 2 talks about Abram was 99 years when God made a covenant with him, which indicates our age doesn't have an effect on, or a, an indication on the matter, nor our identity as well, because Abraham was Abram before the covenant. When God pronounced the covenant or made the covenant, he became Abraham which means in our relationship with God, we grow from day to day. And in our promises, we grow from day to day. In accepting those promises, in making those covenants with God, we grow from day to day. We cannot remain the same when we are in a relationship with God. If you please, or if you mind, that I would borrow a term that has been coined from one of our members 
that we have to go through a metamorphosis on a daily basis, I want to put it almost, as we continually grow with our God and with our relationship. And that covenant that was made with Abraham is promised because he was coming on for a while now where the Lord has made a promise to him that for him in his mind was unconceivable becoming the father of a nation. When we continue to Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5, the Lord speaks to Moses and makes a covenant that his people are set aside, which means it's a special kind of covenant, that one. Set aside for what? For his purpose. A treasured possession we are called in that covenant in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 5. However, one of the most, if not the most important in my mind, covenants follow in Exodus chapter 20, namely the Ten Commandments, which brings in the aspect of a formal agreement that we agreed as followers of Christ that those are the laws that we will follow. Chapter 20 of Exodus, the covenant of the Ten Commandments, is also what which we will later on discover and define is a covenant of faith, of hope, and of love. Judges chapter 2 and verse 1, the Lord says, I will never break my covenant, confirming that the covenant he makes is forever. However, caution needs to be issued here. Although the Lord is faithful in his covenant, our actions has consequences. As we read further in Judges chapter 2, that although the Lord made a covenant and he is faithful, we need to do our part because our actions has consequences in the relationship with God. 1 Samuel 23 and verse 18 gives us an example of a mutual covenant between friends, between equals with a friendship of David and Jonathan. Now, this is a special kind of covenant as well, because this covenant indicates to us how we can provide an example of how we conduct ourselves in friendships. Jonathan was the son of the king. And culturally, he was supposed to be the next king. But however, David was ordained to be the next king, and Jonathan knew this very well. What did Jonathan do? He went to David and he said, you are the next king. I will be your second. I will be there to support you. What an example of a friend giving himself no thought in the matter, but considering the person that has been ordained by God to be the king, although it's Jonathan's birthright, but he recognizes God's hand in the matter and he steps aside. What an example that is for us of friendship. First Kings 8, verse 21 to 23, Solomon mentions the covenant of love the Lord made and remains true to his promise. This is what I spoke earlier in Genesis chapter 20 when I spoke about the covenant of love also reflected in the Ten Commandments. Solomon calls on such a covenant and he says, you made a covenant of love with us. If you look at all the promises that God has made, right from Noah, Abraham, Moses, right down, all is a covenant of love. He's made promises to us to protect us, to help us, to guide us, to lead us, provide for us. 
all we need to do is to follow and claim those processes. Psalms 105 and verse 8 says that the Lord remain, remembers his covenant unto generations. Now, generations in this instance has a twofold meaning. Generations means our descendants, and generation also refers to the fact, aspect of time. Earlier on, we said that the Lord made a covenant which is forever, and is not just for one. When he speaks, and he speaks his word, that word is forever. Isaiah 42 and verse 6 mentions that we are called by God and he will make us to be a covenant. Now, when we consider that, have you considered yourself to be a promise? Have you considered yourself to be a covenant for others, a promise for others, a blessing for others, to be of service? to others, to be faithful in our purpose. When we think about it like that, I hope that the meaning of a covenant to you and I this morning takes on a somewhat different meaning. When we turn to Isaiah, we can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61, and we can read there what the Lord then next says about a covenant. Isaiah 61 verse 7 and 9. From verse 7 to 9. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land. And everlasting joy will be theirs. Verse 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Verse 9. Their descendants will know among, will be known among the nations, and their offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7 to 9 speaks about a covenant of blessing. Isaiah 42 also mentions that we are a covenant. We become that covenant of blessing once we accept the promises of God. Once we believe those promises of God, we can start to love those promises of God because God says he blesses us so that we can be a blessing unto others. Jeremiah 11.22 stipulates the conditions of a covenant, which is not a mind-blowing explanation. The conditions for a covenant is obedience and to do all that the Lord has commanded. It's as simple as that. Ezekiel chapter 37 and 62, 37 and 26 and 27 speaks about it's discussing the covenant of peace that we are God's people and he is our God and he will dwell amongst us. That's the covenant that he makes, that he's our people and we will dwell and he will dwell amongst us and we will dwell in his presence 
How can we not wanting to be a part of such a covenant? Now Proverbs 2 verse 17 and Malachi 6 verse 7 speaks about the covenant of marriage between a husband and a wife that they both made not only to each other, but before God, a covenant made in the presence of God, a promise made in the presence of God. Now this week, being the beginning of a Christian home and marriage week, and I trust that you keep your eye on social media because there are various information coming your way about seminars that will be conducted throughout this week. I encourage you to tune in and to listen and to develop yourself and to grow your relationships during this week. I would like to pause here, however, just for a moment to let this aspect of a covenant between a husband and a wife made to each other and a covenant together as a couple made before God. Just to pause you for a minute. Tomorrow is a day on the calendar that is set aside to celebrate love, and we all know this day very well. To celebrate those special people in our lives. Now, some say this is a money-making business. Some say we don't believe in that. Some say that we should have the opportunity or use the opportunity to show our appreciation to our loved ones as often as we can. Allow me to encourage you just to do that, to show your appreciation to one another on every opportunity as often as we can, and not just on special days marked on a calendar. Also to give thanks to God for the blessing that those people are in our lives today. If you think about it, when we think back to the creation, that God made Eve especially for Adam, because he said it was not good that Adam was alone. So the partner that we have today is especially set aside for us so that we may not be alone and is a unique person. And combining that with the institution, I should say the heavenly institution of marriage, what is that covenant or what is that information put on the importance of the covenants that we as husband and wife make? Now, not to exclude those who are not married, when we think about the covenant of being a parent, when we think about the covenant of, yes, being a child, it's a promise that you make to be obedient to your parents, to your family, to follow their instructions. When we think about it, it's not just a promise that we make ourselves or to our parents or to our guardians, but it's a promise that we make with God. When we think about it like that, it makes a covenant, gives it a different meaning, I trust. Hosea 6 and verse 7 makes a reference to unfaithfulness by breaking the covenant like Adam, which implies that the aspect of faithfulness is practiced in covenant keeping. In keeping a covenant, we need to be faithful. The Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke uses the term blood covenant when referring to the communion table and the blood of Christ that was shed for our forgiveness. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, that is one of the ceremonies that I deeply, dearly miss, which is the communion table, where we have the opportunity 
to wash one another's feet, to renew our covenant with God in partaking in the bread and in the wine, in the body and the blood of Christ. But we don't always have to depend on ceremonies such as those. We just need to make the promise and believe that God is there for us in those promises. Now, when later on, when you read Joshua chapter 24 from verse 15 onwards, we dealt with from verse 1 to 14 now in the covenants and the, the promises that they made or did not make or kept and did not keep. Verse 15 continues with the well-known part in that scripture where Joshua poses the question to the Israelite people where he says, choose you today whom you will serve. Because what they did was is in their culture, as I said before, where they found themselves, they started to adopting those cultures in worshiping false gods and so on. Joshua poses the question in looking back and taking stock of the experience, choose you today whom you will serve and praise God that the people remember the God that Joshua was talking about. That the people turn around and that they say, we will serve the Lord with you. Joshua reminded the people of what they did how the Lord kept all his promises and how the people have disappointed God. However, when Joshua asks them the question and they have a change of heart, they agree to return to God. And not only that, but they also take responsibility of being a witness unto themselves, to keeping themselves accountable for what is coming and the covenant that will be their way. Now, when we turn to Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. From verse 31 unto 34, we read there, the time is coming, declare the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I will, I will not be like, it will not be like the covenant I made with the forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declared the Lord. Now, this is the verse I would like to emphasize, verse 33. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or, or a man his brother, saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more. Yes, beloved, we are hard-pressed, not crushed. We have a covenant of faithfulness, perplexed, not in despair. We have a covenant of hope. Persecuted, not abandoned. We have a new covenant of love. Struck down, not destroyed. We have a new covenant made by God because he promised. His promises are found in his word. His promises is found in James chapter 4 and verse 8. When it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13, speaks about a plans of hope and of future to prosper us 
and to find God when we seek him with all our hearts. Mark 9.23, everything is possible for him who believes. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8 says, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 101, Psalms, Psalms 100 and verse 5 says, The Lord is good, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And a very well-known one, Isaiah 40 verse 31, which says those who hope will never, never grow weary. They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings. They will walk and not faint. Beloved, the invitation is set this morning. The only thing that is left is for us to accept it. What will our response be to this aspect of a, what a covenant is? A covenant he makes is a covenant of love. A covenant he makes is a covenant of hope. A covenant he makes is faithful. I trust that our response would be something like this which is found in Romans chapter 8 from verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He, will, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Beloved, we are predestined. We are chosen. We are sanctified. We are justified. We are glorified. We are set aside. We are reconciled unto him for his purpose. Because a covenant that he makes is a covenant that he keeps. I trust that God bless us as we continue to adopt these covenants. That we continue to live these covenants. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Elder Dreher, thank you so much for sharing the word of life. Um, I'm going to invite you to uh, pray. And then I'm also going to pray specifically for members who, are, who might not be well, uh, who are also in difficult uh, circumstances. So you can, you can say your benediction, Elder Dreher, and then I will pray for members. I'm told that the music team has sorted out the music now. So we will then, after the prayers, uh, hear um, a song in, to close. Please pray with me as we pray together. Our kind Heavenly Father, I pray that you please be with us. As we have just talked about the aspect of a covenant. And I pray that you would continue to guide us. And that you would continue to bless us as we 
adopt the aspect of the covenant, that we will not lose heart, that we will continue from strength to strength, that you will grant us the necessary blessing to be a blessing unto others. Fathers, sometimes our circumstances get the best of us. And for those times, I pray that you would please forgive us, that you would continue to encourage us as we follow your word to be a blessing, to become a covenant. Now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.